today we have another very special guest with us. We have David from Rockaway Blockchain, uh, and uh, they are one of the biggest crypto funds in Europe. So, David, uh, why don't I let you have the floor and do a little uh, introduction? Thanks, Harvey. So, first of all, uh, thanks for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, yeah, so my name is David Rakushan. I'm an investment manager and portfolio manager at uh, Rockaway Blockchain. And uh, Rockaway Blockchain is part of Rockaway Capital, uh, which is a investment firm with 2.5 billion euros in aggregate sales. Uh, we invest in uh, e-commerce companies and startups. So uh, as, as a Rockaway Capital investment firm, we invested in uh, the leading uh, e-commerce platforms in Central and Eastern Europe. For example, Mall Group, that's a company similar to Amazon. They have uh, um, 700 million euros in revenues. We also invested in Invia Group, that's a pan-European travel agency with 1.5 billion of transaction value. And um, there is also one, one company called Heureka, which is an e-shop aggregator with 20 million monthly active users. And uh, regarding the startup strategy, we uh, invested, or basically one company that is worth mentioning is Product Board. Um, that's a product management system. Um, they received a financing round from Sequoia, Index Ventures, and Kleiner Perkins. I think it was a Series B round that was roughly 45 million euros. And we as a Rockaway Capital invested in back in 2015. So this is Rockaway Capital. And as I mentioned, um, I'm part of Rockaway Blockchain. And uh, Rockaway Blockchain is a 100 million VC fund focused on uh, blockchain companies. And we are investing in great startups, great teams uh, that have something uh, to do with the blockchain technology. That is, so companies that are building on blockchain technology or are somehow connected to it. Brilliant. Um, Brilliant. Um, it's, it's obviously, I think you guys have a, uh, a great sort of, um, you know, corporate uh, foundation, right? And uh, then you have the venture fund and uh, the uh, Rockaway blockchain fund is a part of that. And what was right. your personal journey and background in this? So, well, I'm interested basically in, in three topics. So um, I'm interested in finance, tech, and entrepreneurship. So basically blockchain and startup ecosystem all like combines that, right? So I, I mean, I was interested in finance uh, since I was like 18. I think like the financial crisis sparked my interest back in 2008. And I, like, and I uh, opened a brokerage account when I was 18. And I wanted to to learn as much as I could about the uh, financial world, uh, and, but basically, then I decided uh, to not, you know, focus on trading. Although it was really interesting to try all those products uh, like options and futures trading. So, so I decided to uh, to run or to try several projects. Um, yeah, I was running several projects in parallel, but um, one worth mentioning is um, 
maybe a derivatives product that uh, basically tried to offer um, hotel, uh, I mean, entrepreneurs in the hospitality industry some, some way to hedge against the adverse uh, movements of the market in the hospitality. So basically, you can imagine that as if you are running a hotel in, I would say, like New York, right? And uh, you, you cannot diversify. You, you, are, you are a small hotel company. You are not a big chain. And you, you cannot diversify. And you need to... Uh, and you are influenced by the market in New York. And if the market goes down, as we saw recently, uh, and the, the tourism suddenly stops, you have, you have this big problem, right? So um, your revenue just stops flowing. And I was like thinking about like creating this index and how uh, that would be um, like, tracking the, the prices in the New York uh, New York uh, City, and you know all these uh, small entrepreneurs would be able to hedge against the adverse market movements. Yeah, but ba but basically it turned out not to be viable because Clearstream, a European uh, settlement agency, uh, priced the product. Uh, on like for five five million euros and basically that made the business model unviable so i abandoned that yeah and because of that i uh, i thought about what to do next and i joined uh, rsj uh, this, that's a alg algorithmic trading firm i joined their investment team and um, we, we invested in vc funds and direct investments in energy and biotech sector but still, it, it, it wasn't blockchain. And I, I um, found out about blockchain and about Ethereum when I was actually doing these this, uh, derivatives on the hotel industry, because like those, those 5 millions were so, so crazy high. I was looking for an alternative and I found Ethereum, which was uh, basically you know, a smart contract settlement platform. So uh, I was thinking about creating this product uh, where where Ethereum would be the settlement layer, right? And right. yeah, I, I mean, uh, it, it, it's super interesting. Um, I mean, you went from trying to build a product to now trying to invest in people who are building products. Um, and uh, you went to an um, <laughs> algorithmic hedge fund, right? I mean, I, I guess that was like more direct private in investment into different things um so what is, is this quite interesting right because i think a lot of people who are in the vc space they either maybe come from a banking background with some sort of uh, you know ma uh, experience or just from the vc world right um where they uh, simply was at another vc fund traditional vc fund and moved over to crypto and blockchain so coming from your background, right, with, with working in a uh, trading environment, um, in addition to trying to build a product, what sort of um, biggest takeaways or lessons do you think you've learned that in your previous experience that you think is very applicable here in, in helping you doing what you do? Well, so basically the, the trading environment, like to, to make it clear, I was not working in the algorithmic trading department. I was working in the investment department that invested in, in uh, like startups as well. So we invested in, in energy sector and biotech sector and so on. Okay. 
but um, there are quite a lot of uh, things that you learn. So from from my perspective, when we were investing in those VC funds, I saw how how all these traditional VCs operate. Uh, we were we were working with um, closely with Credo Ventures, which is a CE um, VC fund. We we were working with Blossom Capital, uh, that's a London-based uh, VC fund led by Ophelia Brown. And it's very interesting to see how these VCs operate. And when I joined Rockaway Blockchain, um, I was kind of shocked slightly how how big of differences there are between a oh. VC, yeah, between a traditional VC start uh, VC fund and a like crypto-focused uh, blockchain blockchain fund. So, in uh, the, the biggest difference is that if you invest in in VC fund, I mean, if you invest in startup that has nothing uh, tradable and the equity is not liquid yet, um, it's it, the industry or the, the investment environment is moving slightly slow slower than uh, here in the crypto crypto space when uh, startups uh, have their tokens in liquid and tradable very soon after a VC uh, fund invests. Mm -hmm. So you have to account for that. And um, the market just sometimes does not move in the direction you want, right? So, and, and sometimes it's like even a leading indicator because all, all the community wants to get in and it, it goes in a way that, uh, that does not go in parallel with the fundamentals that are behind the 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 startup. So, so do you mean that um, maybe maybe the uh, the price action get a, get away or get ahead from the fundamentals, or the other way run, or the underprice it? Well, I would say both both direction, right? So in the bull market, uh, it goes um, that uh, the price act, price action goes uh, ahead of the fundamentals and. In the bear market, the price goes below, right? And you, as a VC fund uh, that has a long-term investment horizon, uh, you have to somehow withstand the uh, the price action and be able to uh, to to profit from it uh, in the long run and help the founders as much as you can. Right, right, right. Um, I, I think the liquidity or the illiquidity of the um, VC world, right? So crypto versus traditional is, is very interesting. It's, because if you think about um, investing, I think if, if, if you want to capture value long term in traditional way, right, you don't you don't want to actually um, have evaluation of your of your investment every single day because you might not like it. <laughs> exactly. Right. And, and in, in crypto, this thing is second by second, right? And and if you see a ten percent or fifty percent drawdown, it gets you. Um, you know, emotionally involved, right? Like, I, I wonder how how do how do people manage that in in the crypto VC world? Well, um, yeah, you have to have strong. Yeah, you have to be strong and somehow like uh, understand that uh, the price action might differ, and you know, live live with the um, with with the price action back in your mind and just not look at it sometimes, right? <laughs> But in, also in the in the traditional world um, and in the traditional VC VC uh, investment firms, 
I, I saw that uh, several VC firms wanted to were, were heading into um, into the rounds and invested into uh, companies just before other VC investors invested. So because you value the firms based on uh, last financing round, yeah. right? So you want to be uh, the first in that financing round, and and if the founder wants to raise another round within a couple of months at double your valuation, you'll be very, very happy, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is another thing, right? It's really interesting. I think, so So I guess, you know, in, in traditional VC world, if you, um, there, there is probably a lot of incentive for someone to be mm -hmm. a lead, right? Like if you want, you know, get, get risk reward. If you know that you, there is another fundraising around coming around the corner like a few, few months down the line, right? Whereas in crypto, I think, I think, the, you know, in this, in this space, there's a lot of um, who invest because they see other people investing. And, you know, but, but you guys are, are interesting, right? You guys, you mentioned you have a uh, 100 million AUM. That, that, that's euros or USD? Mm, our our fund is 100 million uh, size, in, I mean, in, in, in the size, right? So, uh, and uh, we are currently in the fundraising process uh, and uh, we aim to target 100 million. Right, right, right. Uh, that's USD, right? Uh, 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 USD. Yes, USD. Okay. I mean, with that sort of size, right, you sort of like, you sort of like, you cannot go in, in with small ticket size or almost, right? Like it makes no sense for you to invest 50K or 100K, right? Like, but, but now the round is so small, right? I think the round is like, I don't know, um, two to five million right now, right? So um, what, what, what's the thinking there behind, you know, Rockaway in terms of um, leading ticket size? And uh, yes, yeah. so, so we, we started um, investing and providing smaller tickets to uh, early stage companies. So for example, uh, we invested in Solana in 2018 um, and were part of their uh, seed round, we invested uh, yeah, smaller tickets. And as the time goes, we, we increase our allocation uh, both in Solana, for example, as well as in uh, new companies. And we, we try to uh, provide larger tickets and uh yeah and we also aim to lead lead the rounds in the future and um i, I can imagine uh, right now when you when your ticket size will be uh 250k to to a million or so yeah this really depends on what stage the um Project. the startup is in right so if it's really early on we we can provide like 250k um and be part of their seed rounds, but um, if it's a growth company with a traction, some adoption, and uh, you you can see the community behind it, right? We can provide up to five million of uh, of, uh, of resources, USD, and um, yeah, we can also like organize uh, and co-invest with with our um, co-investors that uh, we have a good relationship with. I see. I see. And what are some of the um, common threads, right, behind behind your investment? Well, I guess what is your investment thesis? What are the verticals and maybe the you know founder or market fit that you look for? Yes. So basically, we 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 look to invest in or yeah, our port portfolio as of now consists mostly of uh, of Dexes, 
um, because we see trading as a great, great initial use case. So we have invested in, in Uniswap, uh, in um, OneInch, in SushiSwap, for example, in Vega. And these companies are all in the trading use case. But there's also like this financial, financial services use case where, for example, you, I would mention Opium in network that is uh, an insurance uh, platform, right? And lending borrowing is another one like Anchor. And th this is the other verticals, but uh, there's also many more, right? So for example, infrastructure or data or NFTs. And we, we see the blockchain space as, uh, as something that has a, a very great potential in all these verticals. And basically, in the in the future, there'll be basic they, there'll be many new verticals that uh, will emerge, and we we aim to be part of that as well. So these are the main topics that uh, or main verticals that we invest in. But as I said, there's uh, we do not restrict ourselves on only on these ones because um, for sure there there will be new ones that will emerge and. Uh, yeah, we want to be part of that. And regarding our investment process, this really de depends on, on the stage of the, of the project. So, for example, uh, we look for, uh, on the founders, on the team, and uh, this is the main thing that uh, is very important for us if stage of the company is... is um, very soon and, and they are in they are at the beginning of their um in, in their journey. So every every founder and every team will struggle and we look into how they manage to get over all these issues that they might encounter. It's really important uh, that they have some experience in uh, being able to get over these issues. Um, it's also really important to to see whether um, yeah to, to to see whether they have some expertise in the industry, right? So for example, when we invested in in Solana, we saw that uh, Anatoly had really in-depth knowledge about what he was doing. He worked in Qualcomm before and was uh, solving these issues of synchronization uh, of those chipsets, right? And he applied these these lessons in uh, in Solana. And and, and that, that's that's I think that's a great example, right? Because I think if if the founder can demonstrate um, great uh, vertical expertise. And or experience, right? Then, then that makes that uh, that bet on them, um, you know, m much more reasonable, logical, right? But I think in this space, in, here's actually maybe a, a tougher question for you, right? So, how do you judge someone if that person do not have a previous startup experience, right? So, for example, I think um, in the case of um, I can't remember if it's Uniswap or, or One Inch, right? That was the the, the, the guy's first project ever. Right. How 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 do you how do you um how do you filter that out? Right. How do you separate? That out? 
Yes. So in these cases, I mean, at this point, it's slightly harder because everything is over, over the internet and uh, you cannot travel too much. So you don't have the personal interaction with them and everything is over the internet. So it might be slightly harder. But in that cases, you you basically look more on the vision and uh, how these founders are passionate about it and whether they have the uh, the ability to pursue their own vision, right? So, I mean, Anatoly also had this great vision of uh, of enabling uh, and getting rid of the the capacity issues of Ethereum. So he wanted to to make uh, layer one blockchain that was or there would be you know without without any restrictions on the capacity and will be, will have low latency, etc. So. Uh, this was his vision, and he he went for it. And you can see it in in those founders whether you, they have uh, a clear picture uh, in their mind or or they don't. Okay, I mean to to be fair, I think a lot of your investment um, portfolio companies, all the teams have very deep industry ex experience, right? Um, you mentioned Vega, you mentioned Anchor. Um, you know, Sonana. I think you know um, these teams are either have great knowledge or they are great at executing um, a plan, right? And um, same entrepreneurs. Um, and like, how do you how do you um, how do you find all these great teams around the world, right? Like, what is your sourcing process? Yes. So. Basically, we work a lot with our partner funds. So uh, part of our strategy is to provide commitments to uh, to other leading um, VC funds. So, for example, we provide a commitment to 1KX, Polychain, or Pantera, and we have a great relationships with them. And uh, yeah, so we we help them analyze uh, some of these uh, companies and uh, we share deal flow with them. So this is one, one source of, of uh, sourcing companies, but we also uh, participate on conferences and, uh, and sometimes like, uh, or yeah, some, some startups go directly to us and, uh, and, and ask for, um, for mentoring. We help them try to be in touch with them and uh, basically, if uh, if the time is right, uh, we provide a yeah, resources and invest in them. Um, I'm curious, right? Because because uh, you are based in Europe, and um, uh, specifically, currently you you are based in uh, Prague, correct? Yes, that's right. So, how do you view the bifurcated world of blockchain, right? Because it seems to me almost all the I don't know. It's the right word. Like biggest projects or the best known teams, right? Are either coming. Well, actually, no. Most of them are just coming from uh, the U.S., right? So mm -hmm. Why? Why are we not seeing you know this sort of uh, I don't know level of I don't know what, what do you call it, innovation or execution in Europe? Well, um, there's there's the thing. I, I wouldn't say that all projects come from uh, other parts of the world. Uh, but 
Some of the biggest ones definitely come from the US, but Europe has also leading blockchain companies, right? So one inch is from Europe, Centrifuge is from Europe, even like Polkadot, right? And that's, that's only Berlin. Uh, there's also the Ethereum Foundation based in Switzerland, uh, Tezos, and Bitcoin Swiss is, for example, also uh, based in Switzerland. Um, and maybe London, I would mention Aave or Bitstamp or BCB Group are based there or come from, from these regions. And if you look at it, Europe is very strong on in fintech. So the, from the top, top um, 10 equity deals or top 10 valued um, private European tech companies, five of them are fintech. So like Klarna or Revolut or Transferwise and N26. These companies are, are um, operating in the fintech space. And Europe is very strong in, in fintech, but currently there is not many um, blockchain first companies in, in, these, uh, in this aspect, right? So what, we, what I expect is to to see more and more blockchain companies uh, that have more traction and will be like uh, getting into the top top ten in in Europe. I wonder. I wonder. Um, you know, is it more like a cultural thing? Is it more like a regulatory support thing? Um, you know, I, I don't know what's your perspective. So I think it is more of a, you know, regulatory and uh, the thing that Europe is is separated more or less, right? So there are still borders and there is this big uh, cultural differences between the countries. And this is not the case in the US. So the US is large uh, homogeneous market where companies can um, expand domestically, nationally, very fast. And uh, they have to, they can do it quite easily. Whereas in Europe, you have to get over those borders and that's really hard. Or that's, would say, much harder than, than anywhere else. Right, right. And like if, but if you look at blockchain companies, there's, they don't have to get over it, right? Because blockchain is international right from the start. Mm -hmm. So it, you are international company right at the beginning. And only those companies that are uh, operating with fiat and offering fiat on ramps, they have to, you know, uh, be regulated and be in um, be in line with all those law, national laws. Right. Whereas, you know, other, yeah, other, other blockchain companies, they, they, have, they are international right from the start. Right, right, right. Um, from your, from your um, I guess, perspective, right? Like, what, 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 what sort of view or perspective do you have of uh, the, the, the crypto, I guess, market in, in Asia, right? Because, I, again, I think it's, it's, it's like a bifurcated market. It, it's, it's, it's like a separate, different geography. Um, what do you see there? If 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 that's something you 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 have a regular perspective on? Yeah. So 
like Asia, I would say it's more uh, it's it's more similar to to Europe, but uh, it, the market size is is larger, right? So, I mean, of course, China uh, is slightly separated than uh, than other, you know, than, than outside of, of China, and it's it's a little bit different there. Um, but there, there are so many people there, and the market is really big. So if a company understands the market there there's a huge opportunity to be uh you know that that the for for the company to um acquire market share right 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 but but i think obviously one of the things that i feel like is that you know if you are based in somewhere like japan korea china or i guess um vietnam or something like that some countries like that you you sort of like, uh, like, like people, people in the English-speaking world do not know you, right? I mean, it's like one of your portfolio companies, perfect example, like Terra, right? Uh, it, it's, a, it's a great company, great team, great product, but I do not think they are known to extend to some other project who are similarly ranked on, on CoinMarketCap right? or, or CoinGecko. Yes, so like regarding uh, our, our fund, we focused more on uh, European companies, uh, and um, cooperate with our partner funds on on, on investments that are uh, outside our our reach and that we do not see right from the start. Mm-hmm. Got you, got you. And, and so I guess you know um, you mentioned that you uh, specifically focus on I guess financial use cases, right? Of of of. Uh, blockchain technology right now um, and open to other verticals as, as the market grows. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, w- w- what are some of the, um, you know, really great uh, companies in, within your portfolio and they are um, having product already out of the market that you think is really cool and people should take a look at? Well, I think I would mention uh, Vega because uh, they they are like launching the mainnet very soon, and their product is uh, basically ready, and it will be launched very soon. They are they'll have a uh, token uh, generation event probably I think in the near future, and uh, I think like Vega will definitely make a, make a difference in the uh, blockchain space because it will be a permissionless protocol like similar to. Uniswap, where anyone would be able to create a derivatives market. But unlike Uniswap and other AMMs, this is already an order book uh, market or order book exchange. Uh, and Vega like enables and gives uh, all the traders and investors incentives to uh, for providing liquidity on these these markets and since it's permissionless everyone would be able to create the products so i think this is really interesting and um, yeah i would definitely take a look on what is happening uh, with vega soon right right and so for for people who may um maybe uh, less familiar with with the trading uh trading market world right uh, is it fair for them to think of Vega as as like uh, as a rumor, but it, it has its own blockchain, uh, as opposed to rumor is building basically on, on on Ethereum? Yes. So 
so Vega built their own blockchain uh, and the blockchain is really performant. So you do not have any issues or uh, on on trading and there'll be no uh, no transaction costs or very little transaction costs in comparison to Ethereum. So you, you will definitely not pay uh, several hundred bucks or you know, 9100 bucks for uh, simple swap. Right, right, right. So, so obviously, the, I think some of the, the, the drawbacks of trading uh, you know, derivatives on Ethereum, such as high cost, slow transaction, uh, possible front running, uh, these things, obviously, I think I think Vega would address that. Um, yeah, I I, I, I I think I mean, but so they are based in the US and, and the team, the team all come from trading trading background. Yeah. So yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I too, I'm looking forward to the to their product. Um, super, super interested to see um, if they can abstract away all the technicals you need to, or the technicalities maybe in terms of coding or or or. or uh, actual building products on top of it, right? I, I, I always dream of a world where if I want to build options, I can simply specify parameters, right? Like input and click, and then, and then I click a few things, there we go. And and then I guess the rest is, is about bootstrapping liquidity for their market. Exactly. So I think Vega will definitely make a change there. And maybe to, to expand on what you said, uh, we invested in Siren recently, and Siren is a options protocol that enables anyone to to create and buy options right so you are um, if you want to buy option on sushi swap you can go to siren and uh, you know buy and uh, create this option which uh, gives you an exposure on on under on these underlying assets and whereas hedgic and open they are mostly focused on I mean, Hedgic and Open are other options protocol, right? So in comparison to that, Siren is focusing more on, on enabling anyone to create an option market on these widespreads of tokens. So not only Ethereum or Bitcoin or, or some uh, the main popular digital top, uh, assets, mm-hmm. yeah. but, but the, the biggest... Uh, amount of uh, yeah, I mean, Siren wants to wants to offer many more tokens, uh, as many tokens as possible. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm super interested in in, in uh, you know maybe having them on and have a chat about this, right? Because they are essentially Uniswap in options market, right? They want to cover the long tail of all, all the tokens, and that'll be super interesting. But obviously, I think the challenges they face will be pricing, right, and 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 liquid liquidity, um, for that. So. Yes, um, I think they will offer a lot of you know, incentives for providing liquidity. And um, since the team has really great uh, mathematics and engineering background, I think they will they will crack the problem with the pricing. Um, basically, I think uh, they, they will explain it probably better. But um, as far as I know, the uh, the pricing works so that they work uh, that, that that the options are priced on Black Skulls model at first, uh, and then the pricing is derived also based on the demand and supply of 
of liquidity and demand for the options and the pricing adjusts based on based on the market forces well, that's super interesting right so basically i think that 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 means if we have a theoretical correct price but then if the market demand is is driving in one way or another you can you can buy or sell yeah. and, 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 and take a spread i guess yes so as far as i know uh, siren can accommodate any buyer so even if you go if you come and want to buy uh, as much of uh, options as you want you will be able to do so but the price will be so high that you would not be um, you know it, it would make sense to do so so got you uh, but so but you you will be able to to do it because the um, the, pr the price action will 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 change and uh, brilliant yeah and you'll be able to buy it. okay I look forward to that because I, I I can I can think that to be super 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 useful, um yeah uh I I I I personally I, I think I'll be using that myself um so yeah like I, I think like you know all these new protocols that are cracking difficult problems in trading specifically um I mean if they crack it you know I, I think the market is gonna be huge right and um I wonder uh, okay so apart from trading and dexes right what are some of the interesting areas in blockchain in crypto that you know you you are looking at yes so so i'm particularly interested in these uh digital fiat currencies like digital euro digital dollar uh, and digital yuan because i think it will it will bring another wave of adoption to blockchain if these currencies are based on the blockchain technology and will be able to fit and uh, work in line with all these new DeFi protocols, right? So like digital euro, I think ECB currently is uh, looking to advance the project, project and are striking a decision in April 2021 whether they should go and move forward with the project or not. I believe they they will go, but we will see. They have they have some support from the European Commission, right? Mm -hmm. So hopefully they will go, and this will very much propel the the industry as a whole because it will it will give you know a a good uh, reference, and many new people will be able to to use DeFi because they will see that the governments. Uh, if they if they see that the governments believe in, in DeFi and in, in digital currencies, they'll be happy to try other digital currencies right. and use them in the DeFi space. And I think like the DeFi uh, ecosystem will be very much ready by by then, by the time the digital currencies hit the market and are ready for adoption, which might take a couple more years for sure. But I hope it will happen because the current traditional system is not that much compatible or basically it is not at all compatible to the DeFi ecosystem. And you have to use all these bridges and they are super inefficient. So if the traditional ecosystem moves onto blockchain um, and this has to happen by, by the So I hope this will happen, and um, 
I think it already started to happening at, at some to some degree. Like digital yuan is already uh, being tested on uh, in several cities. So they might be uh, China might be first in this regard, uh, and the euro eurozone and uh, United States with dollar might follow soon after. And, and so what makes our, the, the DeFi system currently not ready for this, right? So what needs to happen in order for this DeFi system to be ready to accommodate, I guess, you know, digital yuan armed uh, euros? So like the, the, the digital currencies, uh, the central central bank central bank digital currencies needs to be compatible with the DeFi space. They have to be on blockchain and so on. But I think the biggest issue currently is the user interface and user experience. So there's a very long um, learning curve that one has to accept and one has, one has to go through to be able to use all these DeFi protocols, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not very easy task for someone uh, to who is not tech savvy to use these protocols. There is no single point where I can go and use these protocols uh, and use these systems easily without you know struggling and worrying about losing my money. So you know I always check whether whether I copy pasted my address exactly. I I have this. I'm really scared that something happens and uh -huh. I, I have fat finger and I send the money somewhere else than I should because then it's you'll done. never get it's it. Over, right? It's over. You cannot recover. Yeah. I, like, like I said, this is super interesting. Right? I mean, user experience. Um, I, I don't think I don't think we talk about this um, on my show. Oh, actually, no, that's not true. I talked with the uh, frontier. Uh, and and part of the thing that I that I you you you're, you're mentioning now is that, you know copy everything. Make sure it's, it's correct. I think this is all, you know, like currently, if you have all the different blockchain, you have different front end, right? You have different buttons you need to click. You go to different chains, and, and you need to learn how to uh, just go from one chain to Ethereum, Ethereum back, and that takes time. And 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 like, and also like the whole idea of key management, I don't think that's that's user friendly for people. Like, I I, I, I don't, yeah, I don't need to remember my twenty four. Like you know, see the word password to to recover my wallet. That's way too much, right? Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Ex exactly. And, and you know, currently with the high gas fees and some some projects are migrating to other blockchains and tokens are uh, tokens live not only on Ethereum but on other blockchains as well. I think it's really hard for newcomers to understand that you know. Ethereum address is not compatible with Solana's address. And if you send Solana token uh, on Ethereum address, it's a big, big problem there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think people, some people may not, may not even understand that you know, BTC is not compatible with Ethereum, right? Uh, you know, why cannot have uh, send my BTC to my Ethereum address? Just, I just want one wallet, right? Everything goes in. I don't care how you manage it, right? Totally agree. But on this topic, right, what do you think of the, um, you know, the, 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 the topic, the subject of, L2s, right? Like, you know, like if if this different project move to different L2s, right? And then you have fragmentation of liquidity. Um, you know, does does the, how do you see that, right? Like, what's the impact of L2 on, on, on the on the system? What do you think? 
So unless something happens with Ethereum, with the, with the high gas fees, Ethereum will lose uh, the competitive advantage that it, had, that it has so by being the first smart contract blockchain. So there has to be all these projects running in parallel that are trying to solve the issue of scalability on, and the high uh, gas fees. Whether we will see some, some succeeding, hopefully we will, uh, I, but it will be kind of hard to convince the projects to move there because everything is living on Ethereum and on the layer one, right? Uh, and if, if all these projects all of a sudden migrate to, to, I don't know, optimism, that'd be great. But is this going to happen? Will they choose, you know, optimism or will they choose transferring their liquidity to other blockchain that is more scalable? I think this, these like layer one wars, as I call it, um, will have some very interesting outcomes going forward. And we will, we will, we, we might see like Ethereum losing the dominance because of these issues. And, you know, Ethereum is moving and developing uh, kind of slow and, or slower than I would imagine is the healthy rate. You know, so other, other layer one blockchains are catching up very fast and we might see like Ethereum being the MySpace of, of blockchain. But maybe it's maybe I'm wrong, and we'll see in in a couple of years how it turned out. Um, I I think that's a great point. Like like if you look at you know um you know CoinGecko, you see every other L ones market share, right? It's simply jacked by market cap just growing. Ethereum is being stuck, right? People say Ethereum now has like three times activity as it did back in 2017 peak, but the price is just stuck. But mostly, I guess it's because like, if I'm a newcomer, right? Like, I don't care what is this thing I'm using. I just care about how much it costs me and what I get in return, right? Exactly. So Ethereum is not gaining, so I think Ethereum is not gaining new users. Ethereum is in this momentum where, where all users are using it. And not new, not many new users are joining Ethereum because of these fees. I'm not paying 100 yeah. bucks for quite complex smart contract transaction. Yes, yeah. agree. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I think Ethereum is losing marginal new users, right, coming to the marketplace. You know, people go to BSC or Solana or whatever, um, or or Terra, whatever. Um, I guess okay. So so here's a, here's a, let's do this to wrap it up, right? What are some of your predictions for this year, and what are some of the interesting things that we should look for in the in, in your own portfolio or, or in in some projects that that you know you find it very interesting? Well, so I'll start with uh, our portfolio. I already mentioned that uh, Vega is launching the uh, mainnet, so I'm very very. Uh, much looking forward to it. Mm -hmm. Also, like Centrage View, which will be launching the token. So I'm, I'm also looking forward to, to that. Mm -hmm. So this is basically our portfolio. Uh, and regarding the wider space, well, I would say uh, that I, I think Ethereum 
might not uh, hit the you know. I wouldn't definitely. I I wouldn't expect like Ethereum overcoming Bitcoin anytime soon. So I would say that this is not happening, and I would say it will it will not happen. No. Right, right, right. I think I think totally different shelling points, um, and different market. Right. Like I think right now institutional money is flowing to BTC because that's the entry point for crypto. Ethereum ah. is is something you, that might works, but currently it's not finished product. It's not like BTC. And within that, you just have different, too many players, right? And you don't know what, which one's going to win. You may buy some Ethereum, yes. but, but dominantly, you, if you want to institutional, you want to put your money into crypto, you buy BDC. Yes, exactly. So BDC is a great hedge against inflation. It has a use case, but I'm struggling to find um, a next wave of, of adoption and of growth on Ethereum. And how, what would propel that? I currently don't know. And... Think like Bitcoin is is uh, is better way to to make money because you know all these institutions believe in in Bitcoin in a way that is a hedge against inflation. Right, right, right. I mean asset allocation, portfolio diversification, right, that sort of thing. Um, okay, so I guess what is the best way for any projects that are interested to to get in touch with you and with the with the Rockaway blockchain? So yeah, well, anyone can write me on my email. Um, david.rakusan at rbf.capital, right? Yeah. Um, you can write us on any social media, so on Twitter, on uh, LinkedIn, or just on our website, and we'll definitely respond and get in touch with you. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, I look forward to get you back on again and see how your predictions did and how, um, how the... Uh, the portfolio companies uh, develop, right? When they launch, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited for that. So thank you so much, David, for your time today. And uh, hopefully- Thank I'll you, Harvey.